Welcome back to the Hey Roadie podcast, where we take a deep dive into the people of the Ocean State. We are your hosts, Nick and Sasha. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a great day today. This is another one of the classic Sasha fangirl episodes. I'm just preparing you early on. Um, we have Milena Pagan um, from Rebel Bagels and um, Little Sister on. And if you know me, you know that I'm at Little Sister every weekend. <laughs> It's either like honestly just to put it out there I I alter between like on Saturdays when I go for a walk I get little sister and then on Sundays I get seven stars like I can't be stopped I go. won't be stopped um can't stop won't stop can't stop won't stop um but yeah so we had Melina on and honestly like holy moly she was so fun to talk to she is so again like in- Vi- vibrant vibrant vibrant's a good word to describe her vibrant um she just has this like uh, again like we said we've talked about like just this energy that you're like i want to know more like an hour-long conversation is just not enough <laughs> um but she is so interesting her path she, i mean she literally is a graduate from mit with a chemical engineering background who ended up becoming like a an amazingly successful like restaurateur in Providence like just her journey is really cool she grew up in Puerto Rico she came here for college and now you know she's she's a staple in in Providence which I love so she was so cool can I just side note that restaurateur may be one of my least favorite words because I want to say restaurateur yeah because it's a restaurant but it's there's no end and restaurant, it's restaurateur. No, it's no not. End. Yeah, there's no end in restaurateur. Guys, I've been saying that wrong. I always say it wrong. But I feel like that's how everybody says it. It's, that's how it should be said. Whoever decided like why, to take that out, it must be like French or like old English. Know. Like yeah, screw that. It's restaurant tour. Yeah, it, does, it just always drives me nuts. And the, the day I found out that there was no end in it, I <laughs> was like, using "This the word. can't be right." I started googled <laughs> you reti- it. And you stuff. retired the word. Yeah, I was upset. So I've been saying the word wrong. So nah, no one, no gonna, one I'm come for me. I'm gonna say it's right. No one come for me. But right. she is. She's just like she. Oh my god, her style is incredible. Her aesthetic is great. The food is delicious. Like I just can't give her enough props for doing all the cool stuff that she's done. Um, if you haven't been to either of her locations, Rebel or Little Sister, like please make your way over yeah, there. And you mentioned in the the episode that you're you have like the, the design aesthetic for Little Sister, like you felt like was kind of similar to what you were going for yeah, in your house. Yeah. And I wanted to say it in the in the episode, but I think you guys were kind of on a tangent. But like you're it's pretty close. Yeah, it's there. It's like very it's not like, like it's obviously not like a copy of it, but it's got that same kind of vibe to it. Yeah, know? it's just like cozy and cool colors and it feels like, you know, vintage and modern and and seventies, like all in one kind of situation. Eclectic. So, eclectic. Quirky. 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 Cute. It's cute. It's cute. Yeah, it's definitely cute. Um, so yeah, I love Melina. I love her businesses. Yeah, she's great. I found out we're like we live close together, so I'm hoping that we stumble upon each other. In the wild. A, in the wild. <laughs> on the east side wild. In the wild. <laughs> um, but yeah, her this was great. I'm sorry I'm taking all over all of this, but it's no, I mean it's it's your <laughs> fangirl episode, so it's totally fine. I'm gonna find something that I fanboy over, and we're gonna make it happen. It's gonna feel weird. It Doesn't really happen. It's, I to was me gonna that say, much, but. 
Who who we'll would even? Onto it. Yeah, well, I don't know. This is like one new of harvest, many. Maybe? Oh, I do yeah. love New Harvest, maybe. Oh yeah. Okay, New Harvest. All right, New Harvest. If you're listening, I'm gonna reach out Talk to you. Talk about outrageous coffee stuff. Oh yeah, because you're such a coffee pound. Yeah, that is very true. Okay. So, far. so we guys, you're listening to uh, uh, an idea come to hopefully fruition. Um, new <laughs> In harvest, real time. New Harvest will be reaching out. No, but anyway, this episode is all about. Um, making your way, taking a leap of faith, if you believe in that, or taking a leap into nothingness and hoping there's a net, is, as Mal- as Melina says very beautifully. Um, she's great. I love her. And I will be at Little Sister this weekend. <laughs> See you there. <laughs> yeah. And enjoy the episode. And I'm sure you'll love her as well. Yeah. Have fun, guys. But um, I always kind of bring it back to having Milena here from Rebel and Little Sister. Um, I am, if anyone knows me outside of the podcast, everyone knows I'm obsessed. And if you have come into town and it's been like afternoon, you know that I bring you to Little Sister <laughs> for either brunch or uh, an empanada or a, cru- a cruffin is what they're called. Yeah. Um, you, I, that's like my thing. That's my go-to. One of my best friends is like a huge baker. He loves to bake. And I brought, we, we went on our first like post COVID outing. Um, he came to Providence and we walked to little sister and we got too many baked goods, like (laughs) way too many. Um, but yeah, it was such a fun experience and it was great. So I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, I'm going to get started with saying, um, something that I didn't know about you. Um, is that you are a chemical engineer. That's mm-hmm. like your background. And mm-hmm. so I need to know, and our listeners need to know, how did you go from that to like being this like chef, baker, like business owner, restaurateur? Like that's a huge jump it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does it? Was it like a, a – was baking something that you've always loved to do or was it like – like how did, how did you get there? Um – I mean, I always enjoyed cooking. Yeah. A lot of my early childhood memories are me cooking. Yeah. You know, my dad teaching me how to make eggs, mm-hmm. um, making traditional Puerto Rican food with my mom. Yeah. Um, when I was a teenager, like, f- the Food Network was really taking off. Yeah. So I was watching a lot of that in my spare time. And then, you know, when I was in high school, like, I was just always really good at the academics. Mm. Um I enjoy learning a lot. <laughs> I just like taking on new things and, and mastering them, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was really good at, you know, the STEM, um, you know, fields, I guess. Yeah. And I was encouraged to apply to MIT um, by one of my teachers. And I got in. Oh, my And God. then it was just kind of like. Um, you know, you can't say no. Like, yeah, it's I, like MIT yeah. wants you. I don't you know if I MIT, can say yeah. You go to MIT, you go to MIT. Well, but, you know, the more stereotypical, like, MIT student yeah. might tell you, like, I always wanted to go to MIT. Like, you know, it was a big part of my life growing yeah. up that I was preparing myself for this thing. So there's this huge, like, buildup and, mm-hmm. like, years of commitment and work towards this thing. Yeah. Whereas for me, like... It just sort of happened? <laughs> I mean, kind of. Like, it just came together. Yeah, I love that. Um, I was always a creative. You mm-hmm. know, I enjoy tinkering, working with my hands, learning new skills. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I learned things very quickly, as I said. So when it came up and they accepted me, you know, my dad and I were like, you know, they gave me a full ride. So wow. I didn't have to pay tuition. Like, it was in a world-class city. I yep. love Boston. 
And I just couldn't say no. I just, you know, that's how I've seen my life mm. in, in the time after. Like, when a good opportunity comes along, it doesn't really matter if you feel ready for it. You just have to get ready. Take the leap. Yeah, take <laughs> yeah. the leap. Yeah, take the leap and, then, and the net will appear, right? Oh, totally. And yeah. did you – so I know that obviously you live in Providence now and obviously you lived in Boston. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Puerto Rico. So okay. I oh. grew up in a – in a town called Caguas, it's it's a valley, mm-hmm. um, maybe twenty minutes um, inland from San Juan. Okay, um, you know it's a small town, very similar to Providence, mm-hmm. like in terms of the size of the population, and like you go out and you run into people you know, and you know everyone is like born <laughs> you find out there. your neighbors, <laughs> pretty much. You like you know everyone's born there, they grow up there, they start their families there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I grew up there my whole life until it was time to go to college. Okay. And then I only applied to schools out of the country. I really wanted to leave Puerto Rico and see what else. Yeah. And then when I got into MIT, like, I applied early. So, you know, November of, like, senior year of high school, I was I already knew what I was doing. Wow. Um, yeah, and you went about as far away as you could get in the yeah. United States, at least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did you apply to any other schools in the U.S.? Um, I did. You know, I applied, like, once I was doing my application for MIT, mm-hmm. then it's like, well, you got to apply to Harvard. You got to apply to Princeton. Ah. So I applied to those schools, but I wasn't really, like, my heart wasn't, mm. you know, into that. Yeah. Um, MIT, what I loved about going to MIT is that... Um, you know, they kind of subvert the stereotype of like mm-hmm. what a nerd is. Mm-hmm. People think like, you know, bookworms and, yeah. you know, very dull people, very boring, like all Which is like study. exact opposite of you. You're like the right. most, you have the most beautiful aesthetic, like your restaurants, you yourself oh, as a person, you're like <laughs> very vibrant. And I, and I think that's really good though, because hopefully someone who's listening to this podcast, because even me growing up, like it was very hard to see women in like science and math majors, like doing things like that, especially like women who have like beautiful style and like like fashion and like this cool (laughs) you know that just wasn't seen like to me growing up was not like something that I saw ever and I I assume that it's a little different now because I think generations are so different but it's super inspiring to be like you know you can be you can be a fun smart stylish nerd like you don't have to and be a in, woman and a woman and a woman exactly you don't yeah. have to be in one lane Absolutely. you know where I feel like a lot of us um I'm in my 30s um I feel like in that generation like it was all like you know you're a girly girl you're a tomboy you're yeah. a nerd you're a you're a theater geek it's like you can be all of those things yeah we and contain multitudes exactly so I think that's really cool um, well, it's also a big thing to remember and I think people forget this a lot like yeah. all the the actors and the cool people that you know now, like they were theater nerds. They were nerds. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Brad Pitt was them. a nerd. <laughs> yeah, totally. One hundred percent. And some of them are like nerd nerds. Nerd oh, nerds, yeah. like real like, nerds. Uh, Superman. He plays like uh, Dungeons and Dragons and World of Warcraft <laughs> and like the whole nine yards. Like, yeah, it's, a- it's and it's cool. I guess part of what's good about like social media and being more connected to people is like you know that like fellow nerds exist but everyone exists kind of differently and and gets to like be their own personality it's not like this one thing that you're like oh that's it that's what I have to be that's the the I mean look at you I mean as I still am blown away by the fact that like you started in a science field an engineer chemical engineer and like 
literally are now like this like superstar <laughs> restaurateur <laughs> in like a beautiful, vibrant city. Like that's a cool like there, that's, there's like a direct line from chemical engineering to like baking, well, and especially bagels yeah. and like mm-hmm. the chemical reaction needed to make that happen. Well, it's yeah. funny because I never knew that until we spoke with um, the head baker from Seven Stars. She was talking about like the different science that goes into it. And my mind was, I'm not, a, I don't cook. I don't bake. Like I'm just not <laughs> good at any of those things. My brain does not work in that capacity. I try to follow a recipe. I can't. I'm like bored. I'm like looking all over the place. Oh like God. I can't get it done. I don't believe that. It's so true. If you, oh my God, it's 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 unfortunate because I, my dad is a chef. My mom is, is an incredible cook. But when Sarah was talking about like the science that goes behind making like a sourdough starter, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like <laughs> that's so complicated. Like, but it's really not right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, we've been making bread as humans for like millennia. Yeah, for every, you know what I yeah. mean. So I always try to ground myself, you know, by saying things like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's ultimately don't tell your shine girl. You're you're a genius. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But just <laughs> like, look, we you know we've been uh, built. We've built pyramids. Yeah. We've built bridges. We've made bread. Like. Mm-hmm. We can learn anything. Totally. You know what I mean? It's You're just so about right. having like the right approach to it, doing it little by little and combining like the art and science. Yeah. I think that's what I love mm-hmm. about baking. Mm-hmm. That there's an element that is definitely, you know, very rigorous, very technical, very scientific, but there's so much like freedom to play mm-hmm. and you get to decide like, you know, what emphasis do you give to each of those things? Yeah. To me, like, I like to get technical with it, but I'm much more focused on the playing part of it. Yeah. I know bakers that are, like, you know, 100% focused on the technique, and and that's it. (laughs) Well, it's cool getting to – I feel like – not to put myself in this role, but I feel like I've gone on a journey with – you, I mean, this is our first time really talking and like meeting in this way. But like, I remember going to Rebel and like loving Rebel. I remember going on a Sunday and that, and it's like every bagel is sold out. Everyone, it's a is an obsession. And then to hear about Little Sister and then to discover Little Sister and to see how it felt like it was more playful. It was more like you all these different flavors that you n- may have never tried before in conjunction with each other, cruffins and empanadas and all these like beautiful cakes. So it's fun, like you say, like you like to do the fun part. It's like it was cool for me to kind of see that happen because it's like I mean, I can imagine, again, bringing it back. We go on tangents a lot, obviously. <laughs> so bringing it back to MIT being a chemical engineer and that having a direct correlation, like Nick said, to baking bagels, you started just in your kitchen making mm-hmm. the perfect bagel. Bagel? <laughs> the perfect bagel. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was going into, I was working at CVS. Oh. That's what brought me to Rhode Island. Oh, thank you, CVS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... You know, I was working at CVS. I was going into work very, very early. So I had time to like sit down for breakfast every day in the cafeteria. And I had a bagel every day. And I'm like, oh my God, this bagel is so average. Yeah. It's like not it's good. so it's just a vehicle. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> right. It was just like a vehicle for whatever. Yeah. You know. And then I start asking, you know, like, oh, I, I'm still new here. Like, yeah. where do you get bagels? Mm. And people are like, well, you know, there's really nowhere that's very good. It's not like a bagel shop. Like, you right. can go somewhere and get a bagel, but there's not a place that's, like, dedicated to making the most beautiful bagels. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, there were a few local bagel shops. Yeah. But I think, like, people were just kind of like, 
there wasn't anywhere that really like blew them away. I was yeah. Like, oh my god, you need to go try these. And, and like, it wasn't a staple in Providence like it would be if you were in like New York City. Yeah. Like, right. And the- I was coming from Brooklyn, yeah. you know. Yeah. So like, I was coming from somewhere where like literally any bagel is very good. Mm, yeah, yeah. Right. And I think there's another aspect too of like, you know, even though bagels are like a form of art, really. Like, if you've had a bagel, like. You can get a bagel most places that like serve coffee, Mm -hmm. but to go to a place that has a good bagel, but is also like innovative in like the other things they're doing and the things they're doing with a bagel. I think that's really exciting because at the time there was not really a place that was like dedicated to that. It doesn't, I don't, not not that I know of and I could be I mean, not in the way that we ended up doing it, right? But I did notice kind of what you're saying, right? Like, um, you know, bread is is a commodity. Yeah. Yeah. And it had been taken in this like artisanal craft direction yep. where now you can be differentiated, right? Yes. Like you could have like an Italian style bakery. Mm-hmm. You could have like a, you know, artisan bakery, like a seven stars kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So why not the same with bagels? With bagels. Like yeah. why do bagels need to be a cheap commodity? Yeah, totally. You know, and it's just like a vehicle, like mm-hmm. a blank slate for whatever you put on it. Why can't they shine on their own? Mm-hmm. You know, and when I was doing my research, there was just nowhere that had like a nice inviting space mm-hmm. that was doing like, you know, bagels for the foodie crowd. Like yeah. we started doing cream cheeses with like fun things in it. Almost like people go like, what's a poblano pepper? What's yeah. kimchi? Like, you know, that's very new here. Yeah. Um, But that's kind of what I imagined myself doing in the beginning. Like. We can put all sorts of crazy cool stuff in cream cheese, not gimmicky stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? But like actually tastes really good mm-hmm. and kind of push people's palate mm-hmm. to be more adventurous through something that is familiar to them. Yeah. And that's such a smart idea too, because like when you go, when I've been to Rebel, I've gotten like norm. if I go to like, you know, a Dunkin' Donuts, like on a road trip, I get like a plain bagel toasted with butter, like mm-hmm. really basic. But when I go to Rebel, it's like an opportunity to try something that I may have never tried before. Like mm-hmm. I don't love um, cream cheese. Like that's not my favorite. But like reading your menu with like all the different sorts of cream cheese is like, oh, I like those things. So like maybe if I try that together in conjunction with like this delicious onion bagel, like and then I started to like well, not all cream cheese, but I started to like, you know, certain cream cheeses. So it's like- I share that with you too. I'm not big on cream cheese yeah, either. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel like, you know what I think? I think sometimes it's overused. Like I think a little cream cheese goes Some a long way. Some people put like a solid yeah, inch, inch of cream cheese. It goes yeah. to waste. Do you? Yeah. No. I love cream cheese. I don't love- I Okay, just, what about when it like splooges out the oh, side? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. But I see people- you know, I have to say at the I shop, we- I probably am the one that uses too much yeah. cream cheese. We, at the shop, the team- Puts a little bit more on yeah. it, yeah. not a solid inch, but <laughs> but like there's half an inch. there's people who like it just falls off the sides and you see them like dipping it yeah. up, <laughs> dip. It's an it's a work of art. Um, but so obviously, like your passion and your your way to to figure out like how to get the perfect bagel, like that's so cool. How did you decide? Like, what was the point where you're like, okay, I'm gonna open a business. Cause that's a that's that's crazy. Not crazy as in like yeah. a bad thing, but like that's to think, you know, as someone who you have, I'm sure CVS was a good job, right? Maybe you weren't happy there, but like in it all paid sense of the bill. That's what I, I mean. Say, it, was, it, it paid it probably paid pretty well. No, yeah. and, and you know, I learned like I was a chemical engineer, yeah. right? I learned 
everything I know about business by mm-hmm. working at CVS. Yeah. So, like, I was definitely able to maximize the learning totally. while I was there. But ultimately, like, I learned that I'm just not the corporate type. You need room to play. Right. Were I you like, over in uh, Cumberland? Um, I was in Woonsocket. Oh, okay. okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, um, we're both from Northern Rhode Island. So like oh. the CVS corporate is like, oh yeah, we yeah, know, we know. Yeah, so I used to work people. at a CVS warehouse picking boxes for pallets. <laughs> oh. and that was awful. And it's funny because like not, and, and this is no, I love, I get my prescriptions from, from CVS, like <laughs> CVS, I love you. But I can imagine working there for someone who now that I feel like I know you better, like you have this energy about you that like, it needs to be like, involved in the community there needs to be stuff happening around you like driving every day to cvs corporate and like being there it doesn't feel like the right fit yeah no i i learned like i'm you know i'm very adventurous yeah. i'm very curious i'm i love doing new things like yep. i like building on the momentum and pushing forward the corporate environment like nothing against cvs just corporate in general it's is so not hard. built for that it's so hard and i you know i was like I'm in my mid-20s. I, you know, now I'm 30-something. But back then I was in my mid-20s. I cannot imagine closing my eyes, waking up at 40 and still be doing this. Mm-hmm. And I already know that it's not a good fit for me. Yeah. That's hard to – and we've talked about this before, like, with the great resignation, all that stuff. Like, a lot of times our parents, you know, or, like, you know, your cousin's parent or whoever, like, they work at a job that they're not super passionate about. They go every day. They never have it. It's like that that funny thing that's like, does anybody ever know what like their parents where they work? Like, <laughs> because it's like some corporate thing that does some sort of like thing with something else thing. Yeah. Like, but they're not like passionate about it. They're not coming home and being like, I just made this like beautiful cake with like this uh, uh, pink frosting and real flour. Like that passion is not there because I don't think they were given the opportunity to be like, if you want to change like, you should change. And I think we, luckily, our generation, we're kind of like, screw not being, like, passionate yeah. about it. Like, I want to go to work and be like, I love what I do. I want to talk about it in a good way. Like, Well, people also in previous generations had, well, one, it wasn't encouraged. Like, you you, you, you have a path. You follow the path. You do the path. Right. But and, also, like, you can be, like, a doctor. You yeah. can be an engineer. Yeah. You can be yeah. a lawyer. Yeah. But yeah, also, yeah, yeah. like, it was very common to have or it was more normal to have kids at a younger yeah. age than like mm-hmm. now it's totally acceptable to not have kids until you're in your mid thirties or 40 or mm-hmm. whatever. So back then if you had kids at 18, 19, now you, you whatever job. job you have, you have to just keep. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you needed keep health family insurance going and health insurance. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all that so stuff. Yeah. The, just the change in the way our society yeah. kind of views, you know, what's acceptable um, has changed completely. Mm. And that's allowed people to be a little more kind of freeform and yep. not feel like they're stuck really, in a box. I feel really lucky that we're here and not there. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I will say that. Um, so your Rebella's on Camp Street, yeah? It's uh, on the corner? Camp and Doyle, yeah. Okay. Did you find that like, – when you found that space, did you already live in that in that community? Um, yeah. So okay. when I moved to Providence, yep. um, I've always lived, I guess, within walking distance of that address. Yep. Um, I rented an apartment. So smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew the area, yeah. like, you know, decently well. Um, we lived in a rental for a year, and then we were able to buy our home, mm. um, which is on the east side. And then, you know, I used to drive down Doyle to go um, get on 146 to go to Woonsocket. Yeah. So, you know, when I decided to leave my job, and I'm at home just kind of like – 
trying to sort out like what am I gonna do here, right? Like I just I kind of quit with no plan. Oh wow, <laughs> that's crazy. I just I you know you I knew it. You I felt just it. had reached like the yeah. end of my rope. Yeah, and I was like, I have savings that I can live off. Yeah, I have an MIT degree. I'm I'm safe. I'm like, gonna make it work. Yeah, like let me just give myself some room to sort out what I want to do, and yeah. then. You know, so I'm at home baking all day and trying to figure out, like, how am I going to, like, start this joint? Yep. Um, You know, I don't know if you remember, but I actually just started by doing pop-ups. Yeah. So I went to Hope and Maine. Mm -hmm. Um, I, like, very quickly, you know, I committed to, like, kitchen time. I did all of the training that was required by the Department of Health. Mm -hmm. I got all of my licenses. So I got my act together and, like... You know, November, December of 2016. Yep. And then by January, like, I was running pop-ups, like, That's you know, amazing. fully legit. Yeah. And then, you know, we started doing the pop-ups at Borealis. We were doing the pop-ups at Stock on Hope Street. And that's how my landlord um, on Doyle found me. Oh. And so he sends me an email. And he's like, I know you're very new. You know, this is like you know, March or whatever. Like, I've been popping up for, like, two months. Yep. And he's like, I know you're super fresh, but, like, we have the space. Like, do you want to come see? Like, oh my, God. you know, let's talk. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going back to what I said about MIT, like, sometimes the right opportunity comes along and you're not quite ready. But I'm like, let me go see, right? Mm -hmm. If it's the right thing, like, I will push myself to do it. Yep. And... You know, I meet him, we vibe, like mm -hmm. it's him and his partner. You know, we get along super well. They were not pushing me at all. Like, mm -hmm. so we had time to develop a relationship, which is really important to me. We, you know, we went out to dinner, we checked out a few other bagel shops. And once everyone was kind of comfortable with like, this is what we are going to try to do together, then we signed our lease. Yeah. And that was like April of 2017. Yep. And that was super scary. You know, I remember sitting at the kitchen table with my husband and we're like, what are we doing here? Like, we don't have the money to do <laughs> Yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we going to do? I know. I'm like, you oh, know, here no. I am like getting ready to sign a lease. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't have, I don't, we don't have any money. You yeah. Know, we're like, yeah. we're liquidating like accounts mm -hmm. where, you know, okay, let's get a credit card and max it out. Like yeah. we were, you know, really bootstrapping this joint. And we're like, okay, we're only going to be able to put together, like, this much money. Yep. And let's see if we can get it done. Yeah. And in the beginning, like, I mean, it just looks completely different yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you ever went in the beginning, but it was very bare bones. Yeah, but not in a bad way. Just it was more plain. It I was mean, not I think, as like, in a lot of <laughs> – yeah. Like, I, if I look back, honestly, yeah. it looks much more – it looked – way humble yeah you know versus <laughs> what it does it. now yeah and and I was a little self-conscious in the beginning yeah. some people were definitely not nice about it oh of course um but I'm like you know you got to start somewhere and, and obviously your bagels like you, you know what I mean like they're like the, the you don't yeah. come what you mean now you give come a for shit how it looks yeah, yeah, if yeah, I yeah. walk in and I have a great bagel you know I'm like, you know I you know, can make I know. this place plainer but, if you want yeah. to <laughs> but you know some people like in the beginning some people were like 
you're charging how much for this? Yeah, and, yeah. And you're selling it out of this place? Yeah, yeah. people want to find things to pick at and to judge yes. at. Even though you were a new bit, you were, not only were you a new business, but you yourself were a new business owner. Right. <laughs> like, well, and I like, was still kind of like, you know, Again, like everyone here, like they go to school here, they, they're they from yep. here. They're kind of a known entity. Like yeah. I was very much, you know, debuting yeah. into, <laughs> like, into the Providence scene. And yeah. everyone's like, who's this chick? Yeah. What's the deal with this place? Yep. You know, there was a lot of like just kind of obstacles uh, and turmoil and just like I had to definitely roll with the punches in the beginning. Yeah. But I was just like. Y'all just, you wait know, and wait, and, wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Just wait and see. I have a vision. Yeah. Every dollar that came into the business went right back into the business. Yep. We have put so much money back into like making it nice, upgrading equipment. Like, I mean, the space now, I mean, I don't really, I know I've, I've been going to Rebel since the beginning, but I don't, you know, I don't really remember like, yeah. I, it wasn't enough of a drawback for me the space <laughs> I kept coming but like now I go in I brought my friend there like recently we had like a night out where we had too much tequila and the next day I was like I know what's gonna fix this and it is Rebel. so we went and the space is so like lovely and the sun shines in yes. and like the bright colors are so nice and the food is incredible and it's like you know like you said wait and see and like literally like you showed everybody well and if yeah. you go like as it's happening yeah it doesn't have as much of an impact so like right. the, i'm sure it's with small changes little oh at a yeah time, it's very you don't incremental think about it. yeah mm -hmm. yeah and okay so obviously like and i don't know this because I'm, i didn't own the business but i mean i know it as of recently right the last few years rebel has been super successful and it's busy all the time and people love it what made you be like I need to open another location <laughs> after all of the work and hard work and I mean and I'm so she was like I got that credit card paid yeah. off time to max it out again I mean to be honest I'm so happy that you did but me as a person like in if I were in your brain I'd be like there's no I, I like that's so stressful and I'm so happy that you took a leap and did it but like what was that process of being like okay new new concept new location like that sort of deal um, well, it is very stressful. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, so, so I guess like one year after we, at the same time that I was signing my lease for Rebel, yeah, you know, I was kind of doing soul searching, like what I want to do in my life. And as a backup, I was like, let me apply to business school, mm. you know, and then I can get another shiny diploma and <laughs> I get two years to just like figure out what I want to do with my life. Yeah. And so I wasn't expecting that to pan out, but it did. And I got into MIT. So the plan was to go back to MIT yeah. for my MBA. Yeah. And then, you know, the lease came into place and I was kind of like I had to choose. Yeah. And I don't like having to choose. I like to do everything. <laughs> yeah. So I called MIT and I'm like, will you please just save my seat for next year? Give me a year. Let me yep. get my store humming. Yep. And I'll be planning, you know, so that I can go to school full time in a year. They're like, sure, no problem. So I went to school the second year of Rebel. Wow. Um, I was commuting to Boston every day. Holy crap. And then like on the train ride, I'm like doing all of my Rebel work, Like right? ordering different products. Yeah, and like scheduling. writing emails, yeah. doing promotions, yeah. like all that stuff. Um, and I was just kind of burning the candle at both ends. So towards the end of that first year of school, like I hear, you know, hey, there's like there's a building – 
um, on Hope Street that just changed hands. Mm. And I actually knew the new owner. So I call her and I'm like, I want to be on Hope Street. I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> do you want to just rent it to me and let yeah. me do my thing? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, sure. No problem. Wow. So she held the spot open. You know, people were trying to come in and see it. And she just kind of demurred, you know? Yep. And then after, like, right when my semester ended, uh, Michelle, who's our manager over at Rebel now, um, you know, she, I was like, Michelle, we're going to Paris. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So I bought us tickets. Yeah. We went to London and Paris for a week. I love that. And then I was like, okay, the goal here is to get inspiration for, like, what are we going to do with the space on Hope Street? Mm. And, you know, we took a bunch of pictures. We ate a lot. It was a really enriching trip. Then when we came back, you know, we're, like, writing a menu, concepting this out, you know, while we're traveling around <laughs> Europe, which was super, like, just just a lot going on at the yeah. same time. But I really enjoy that. And then when we come back, like, I call my landlord and I'm like, here's the pitch deck. Like, yeah. We're going to do something called Little Sister. Yeah. I already know how the business of breakfast works, or I think I do. <laughs> so we're going to start there. But the idea is to make it kind of like a, you know, Parisian influence, like all day cafe. I love that line, like all day cafe. I think it's yep. so cute. Yep. And there's like a national trend, you know, at the time, like I was following kind of the food scene in major cities in the country. So I knew like... This is the thing that's picking up. Yep. And then my friend Rose, um, who's the, the co-owner of Fearless Fish. Oh, nice. They're moving to Hope Street. They are. They just announced it today. Yeah. So, so exciting. They've actually always been our neighbors. They used to live on the street behind me. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah. So we're very good friends with them. And Rose is like, why don't you, like, make Puerto Rican food? Like, mm. I'd be curious about that. Mm. And I'm like, well, the people here don't want to eat Puerto Rican food. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and especially like if you go from bagels, something that everyone knows, very right. familiar with, to something that maybe people aren't familiar with. And on the east side, like, yeah, you know, it's daunting. just not. Yeah. And she's like, no, hear me out. Like, it could be really fun. You mm -hmm. can kind of like do it in your own way. And then, you know, that kind of stayed in my head. And I'm like, well, that'd be kind of fun, right? It'd be fun, funny, like. You know, all these people who are just so not used to this. Yeah. You know, they have a m more common palate. Yeah. You know, exposing them to new flavors. Mm -hmm. I think I have learned, like, how to introduce people to new foods. Totally. Um, you know, just just go on, try it. Try, try it, try it, try it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, especially if it's, like, part of the menu. Yeah. Like, right. so you still have other options. If people come in, they don't, they're right. not feeling adventurous, but like then somebody sees it and they try it and you're like slowly expanding. Exactly. Somebody exactly. Mm -hmm. So, and your food, just as a side note, you're, I mean, even if no one has tried like specific ingredients, your presentation of like your baked goods and your regular like savory foods is so beautiful that like I can feel like anyone who's like, oh, I don't know if I like this specific ingredient. Like, yeah. Just don't even – just eat it. Like, look yeah. at how beautiful it is and eat it. You're just try it, it yeah. first. If you mm -hmm. don't like it and you let us know, yeah. you know, we want you to enjoy your meal. So, yeah. obviously, we will yeah. cater to you. Yeah. No problem. Think, but people are going to like it because it's so it's Yeah, but there's, there's people here who are like, you know, can you take the, can you take the sauce off? Uh, like, just yeah. take it off or yeah. put it on the side. I yeah. don't know if I'm going to like it. And yeah. I'm like – Relax. Yeah. It's just breakfast. Yeah. It's not high stakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try it Try like it. the way that we envisioned it. Yeah. If you don't like it, we'll make it 
We'll make it the way you want it. Yeah, we I, we've the last few um ep, ep, uh oh my god I cannot speak today um the last few episodes we've been talking to like chefs and restaurateurs and a the, a big thing is like when you change the the meal or like the the what you're ordering you're not eating what like you Milena or any of the chefs that we've talked to in the past or cooks or whoever. Like you're putting your heart and soul into something. You pieced all these things together because you want it to taste a specific way Mm -hmm. in a specific way. Mm -hmm. And if you take away one ingredient, like that could totally change the dish. Right. Like if you take off the sauce and then you complain that the sandwich is dry. Yeah. (laughs) How is that on me? Why are you putting that on me? I can't help you with that. But that's like a real thing though. I'm sure. Somebody like I've seen people um, order food. I go out with somebody, we're at like a really good restaurant, they order food, but then they customize it. Oh, can I have this? But without this oh and that. And then later I hear them telling somebody like, oh, I didn't think the food was that good. I'm like, how would you know? <laughs> you, you didn't try you it. You ate yeah. your yeah. food. Yeah. You didn't eat their yeah. food. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, ate yeah. what you wanted, which is not what they make. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. I've tried like my, like I'm all about like being like the best version of myself and like whatever. So I've, I'm not super picky. I am a vegetarian, but other than that, I'm not, I'm not super picky. So my new, like my thing is, is like when I go to restaurants, there's only two ingredients that I despise and those are olives. I don't like olives. Oh my God. Olives are, and I've tried them in like any sort of way. I put olives in, olives are like a huge part of Puerto Rican cuisine. Really? Yes, because so Puerto Rican cuisine, yeah. what I love about it is that it has three major influences, right? There's yep. like the Spanish influence because the Spanish came to colonize. Yep. There's the the Taino influence, which is the, you know, original uh, inhabitants. Yep. And then there's like an African influence because we had um, enslaved people. So, you know, olives came to us from the Spaniards. Like they go into everything. Really? They go into everything. Okay. And, and it's very polarizing. Yeah. Some people really don't like the olives. I am a maximalist. I put everything into my dishes. I wonder if like, okay, so here's the thing. All the times I've tried olives, it's been like an added thing that like to me just, I'm like, it's not super necessary. I don't know if I've ever had a dish where the olives were like part of like the, you know, like the dish. You know what I'm saying? Like on like a Greek salad. Yeah, it's Kalamata olives thrown on top. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is like, you know, if I'm making my beans, like, you know, they're not just basic beans. My beans have like, Onions, garlic, peppers, yeah. herbs. Like, you know, I put little bits of bacon sometimes. Yep. Like, I put little bits of olives. I yeah. put capers in it. Okay. So it's a compost dish. I feel like I would try I would try olives in that scenario. They're hidden in there. They're like, hidden. You, you yeah. wouldn't, even, yeah, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. even know. I guess it's more of like when it's like on a salad. Like, I yeah. don't particularly like like raw olives on like, it just, to me, like, I'm like, I don't really like them. But I will try them in that sort of way. That's, <laughs> you've, you've convinced me. So you don't like olives and what else? Well, I'm not going to tell you the other thing because you already talked, you, already, you said it as part of your uh, beans so I don't want to say them. Is it the bacon? No, well, I don't like bacon because um, I don't eat any meat. Yeah, But right. I don't really love, okay, here's the thing. I won't order it without Nobody it. Nobody doesn't like bacon. You're opposed to eating bacon. Yeah, I love I actually love <laughs> bacon. Bacon There's is like a difference out there. of all the meat that I miss I miss bacon the most. I mean pork is just It's like, so good. Amazing. Um, but I don't, so here's the thing I don't like, I don't like go after them. Like I'm not like, oh I, I hate them so much. Like don't but they're not my favorite thing is capers. Oh my goodness. I know, I know. You know why I think. Capers so, are relatively polarizing too though I think. Like well, working in restaurants for a while when we had a dish with capers, somebody's People yeah. would ask for it without it. And- I think this is why. I, I, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to try to give you a little bit of my like my my 
brain what I think is why. So my dad is an Italian chef. So I grew up eating, you know, like Italian food. And one of the bigger dishes was like chicken piccata. Like we'd always eat chicken piccata and there's capers in that. Mm-hmm. And I was eating that as like a kid. And I think I, oh, like as a kid, I was like, I don't like these. Like I don't like capers. And I think it's <laughs> kind of like a mental thing. Like I think so too. Probably. When they're in my dish, that's what I mean. Like when they're in my dish now, I'm not like, oh, gross. But I'm like, I don't love these. Like they're not my favorite yeah, If thing. you made it, you would make it without the capers. I would make it without. But yeah. like if I go to a restaurant, I don't, I'm not like, if there's capers in this, like, there's no way I'm eating it. I'll, like, you know, I won't eat all of them, but I'll have a couple. And Well, in a dish like chicken piccata, if you take the capers out, yeah. there's a huge part of the flavor you're missing because I know. they add <laughs> I kind know. of this brininess into the sauce. But tell that to, like, an eight-year-old eating chicken piccata who's like, I hear you. these little green things. I don't like these, yeah. which is stupid. But anyway, I'm trying to, like, be more – even it's only two things, and they're not – in. A ton of food but I'm trying to just be more like I'm not changing things like I'm not altering how things are made unless my own unless it's me obviously but um but yeah I I, I try to be as open as possible because I I meet someone like you or like we had um, Francis Medina from Surf Cantina on like you're just so inspiring in like the way your brains work when it's coming when you're putting a dish together like who am I this random girl who knows jack zero about any sort of like food and how it works together for me to be like, nah, I don't think I want that sauce. Well, you're the paying customer. True, oh, true, true, true. Yeah, but I'm paying I'm paying for your knowledge. You know, like 100%, I'm paying. 100%, but that, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like yeah. there's people who are like, you know, screw your creative vision. Yeah. I'm the paying customer. Yeah. You're cooking for me. Yeah. Don't you want to cook what I want to eat? Yeah. 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 Like, Do you, there has to be something you don't like. <laughs> Uh, the only thing I, I did want to yes. get from you guys, what else you don't like. So I was raised to eat whatever was presented. Yeah. I was force fed. Yes. <laughs> like I didn't like beans growing up. Okay. And I have so many memories yeah. of different beans. people force feeding me beans. beans. <laughs> you can't be a Puerto Rican who doesn't eat beans. You'll go hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my one thing is American cheese. Ah. I do not enjoy the texture. It is so weird. It's weird. Yeah. It's not like. I the, like American cheese a lot. I feel no. like if I will I like eat everything. it. <laughs> I will eat it if it, if that's the only option. Mm-mm. But like I would much rather choose like a better cheese. To me, American <laughs> cheese is not cheese. Yeah. And, and American cheese, I really just mean the genre. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. just the slices, but like the Velveeta blocks. Oh, the, yeah. The cheese that like, comes in a can. Like the cheese processed. Whisk. Cheese. Exactly. Just yeah, processed yeah, yeah, cheese yeah, yeah. product does not. It's not the right. It's like not, a traditional it's not Philly cheesesteak is just the liquid Mm-mm. cheese. On it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I've never had one because I don't want to modify it. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, it yeah. is what it is. But I don't. I just don't rock with it. The texture weirds me. The out. texture is, you know, as like we again because I grew up with people who like cooked wet. Like my mom was a, a wonderful home cook. My dad, you know, was a chef like we didn't have like a lot of that sort of stuff like processed-y like sort Mm -hmm. of stuff and then when I went to college it's like all I ate and I was like (laughs) oh my god this cheese like I'm pretty sure this would like survive a nuclear like like mm-hmm. something or well, other. That's like, like the craft singles or whatever. Yeah. Those, yeah. those things are, are They're like more wild. wax than they are dairy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, so like, what is it with having each slice like individually wrapped? Yeah, that's, that's so, so weird. weird. It's wasteful like too. It's it is. It's so wasteful. Uh, yeah. And it's like. Let's, let's just stack plastic. Yeah, for- right? Literally. Yes. We we know our ways, man. We are all about We're all about the plastic, man. But no straws, right? Like we can have a million One thing. Yeah, it's it's Silly. yeah. So we actually just 
um, like we're phasing out single-use plastic because I'm just that's tired amazing. of it. Yeah, that's so, so good. So all the plastic cups, all yep. of it, we're getting rid of it. Yeah, that's – well, even it's funny because when I've – um, like I try to I, – I mean I – I just hate paper straws. Yeah. How about just no straw? Yeah, no straw is fine. If you, so uh, there's a few places now where because they passed that law that you're not allowed to use yeah. plastic straws, they have either no straw mm. or they say like uh, you have to ask for a straw right. or they give you a paper straw. That's one thing. But then you have some place like, say, Starbucks, where they just modified the lid so you can yeah. drink out of it. Yeah. But there's I places the that don't cup. give you a straw. I don't like the sippy cup. If I don't like don't, the sippy cup. If you're not going to give me a straw, but you're still going to give me the same lid for a straw. <laughs> I'm like, come on. I hear you. I know I picked that fight with someone. I'm like, just why don't you just like not give me the lid? Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Like I'll just drink it like a cup. No, no they uh, make ones like uh, Plant City. All their stuff is compostable. Yeah, and it like feels like a plastic straw, but it's not a plastic straw. I mean, I got to tell you that the compostable plastics yeah. in my research yeah, you are know, not great. It's just well, not. The hemp ones are supposed to work well. I don't know if that's what they I don't use know. or not. What but. I know about the plastics is yeah. like plastics are built to be durable, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the plastics just end up in your trash. Do you compost your trash? Yeah, well, that's um, true. That, I didn't even think about what's that. What's the, is okay. it like a cellulose based? Is that what they're supposed to be? They're mm-hmm. not plastic. They're cellulose. Yeah, they're, it's like something? a plant based. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know shit about it, but yeah, somebody, somebody gave it to me and they were like, here, feel better about this. Yeah, and I was like, no, I do. They're really not. Like, we, you know, we've done the research, yeah. right? Because at Rebel, most of the business we do is takeout. People yeah. want like a sandwich to go, a drink to go. Yep. So we've actually been grappling with this for years. And we did all the research into the compostable packaging. We spoke with Clover Food Lab in mm-hmm. Boston. All of their stuff is compostable. Yeah. So I'm like, where do you get it? Where do you dispose of it? Yeah. What's the cost? Yeah. And then we just kind of were like, we don't like that solution either. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't really address the problem. Yeah. So we're just like, how about we just try like not not doing it? it. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? I went to a restaurant like, and this was before like the straw like craze. You know what they used as straws? Hard pasta. I've seen that. And it was so, I'm like, this is very clever because like from what I know, like, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not, um, well, huh. I, I'm not educated enough to like have like a real opinion, but it feels like pasta is something that can, that will degrade, right? Like, I mean, yes, I guess yeah, well, it degrades only, in, in your body too. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> that's, the only that's reason true. I don't like, uh, the paper ones is because I feel like they make things taste like paper. Yeah. Like, especially well, they get soggy, yeah. like yeah. around, you know, the part where it goes the in the cup, the yeah, yeah, yeah. it wears out and yeah. then you're just like. If Can't you don't start. drink it within like ten minutes, it's mm-hmm. it falls apart. Yeah. Yeah, and I try. I mean, I I I will say there's like, got to be a more like we've put people on the moon. Yeah. There's How about be a travel mugs? Travel mugs. That's yeah. the solution. Yeah. Like totally. we just do. We uh, we started this at Little Sister. We're doing it at Rebel in the next few weeks. Buy the cup for yep. ten bucks. Yep. The first fill is free. Amazing. And then just bring it back. I'll be there on Saturday buying my mug. Yes. (laughs) It's funny because I've, um, before we started recording, I was telling Melina that I've been doing like making coffee at home. Part of like, I don't want to be wasteful. Like I want to, I want to save money. Like I'm trying to do better. And of course today, like I had no coffee. I had nothing (laughs) to make. So I'm drinking out of a plastic straw, out of a plastic single use cup. We love that for me. But you know, I think is if you try like little things, right? Like if you try, right? Like me, normal me would be like coffees every day from a plastic, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. I mean, me not buying coffees five days a week. I mean, that's, I mean, to me, I feel like I'm helping a little bit. I mean, imagine being on the other side, right? Like I have all this kind of purchasing power. Yeah. You know, how many 
drinks do we make in an average day? How many drinks do we make in a week, yeah. in a month, in a year? Yeah. And then you see all of the trash piling up. Yeah, it's crazy. And you see it when you buy it, mm-hmm. right? Like these giant boxes of cups come in. You got to figure out where to stash them. Yeah. And you know that it's ultimately trash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why am I spending so much money on trash? Why am I spending so much time sourcing the right trash to put my food in? Yep. Also, uh, your I, space is tiny to begin with. Like is. Little Sister is tiny. I can't even imagine where you would stack that stuff. We used to have it, you yeah. know, because when we opened during the pandemic, yeah. we were That was forced, like the only option. Exactly. You're yeah. forced into doing takeout. So like it is what it is. And we had it in the beginning. And then like as soon as we started getting issues with sourcing the products and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the plastic cups and, you know, it's hard to find. It's expensive. You got to mm-hmm. like kiss someone's ass to get it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? How about just like no cups? Bring your own cup. And we just tell people like, sorry, we j- there's just no cups. What yeah. do you want me to do? Yeah, you can't like, do anything. Or sit and enjoy it here. That's what we would say. You know, And like- I've literally just been like, take my cup, <laughs> bring it back later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, I, let me uh, rinse it. Let me get it for you. I heard, uh, I can't remember which one it was. It was on a podcast and a guy was talking about similar. You're saying like you're ordering, essentially ordering trash that comes in trash so it can become trash later. Yeah. Uh, and it was an argument against trash bags. And he said, like, trash bags are the dumbest thing I've ever heard of because you're putting, you're buying trash to put your trash in. And he's like, so when you go and you buy a box of trash bags, you're buying trash with trash in it that you're going to put your trash in. Oh and my he said God, it's the most insane thing he's ever this heard of. I don't know. the worst thing ever. <laughs> I don't know if that argument holds. I think that- <laughs> it doesn't at all. No. But I just said it was, he was no. cracking me up because everybody's going like, yeah, but then like oh, the trash will just go everywhere yeah, if you don't have true. anywhere to put well, it. Well, also like, <laughs> like, what about like if you take the trash, you know you want it to be in a bag. Yeah, yeah. right, right. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. Like what do you how are you gonna take the trash out? Okay, I'm yeah. gonna i I'm gonna switch to- topics really quick because I there's something that I need to talk about and that is Melina, your overall style aesthetic. I know we've just been hardcore talking about <laughs> trash, but I'm like, let's talk about something cute and pretty. Little Sister has the most beautiful aesthetic. I love the logo. I love the branding. I love everything that gone has gone into it. What was so obviously we know like your trip to Europe brought you there when you started like actually building out the space like how did you decide how to design it and because I every time the first time I ever walked in there I was like I want to live here <laughs> like I literally was like obsessed with the, the the wallpaper in the bathroom and like the pretty like floral floral arrangements yeah, like the on the flowers. wall like it's so beautiful in there and every time you're in there like you feel like well at least for me like I feel like I'm getting like a hug like a Aww. very vibrant hug of all the colors I love and What's funny, a, a side note, is the house that we bought um, is like a fun, funky, lightning, yellow, crooked, like old house. But before that, crooked. we it's, it is crooked. crooked. Everything is crooked in that All house. All the old houses. It's an old it's, house, yeah. it's, it's, it's very old. But before that, we lived in like a very modern like apartment everything was like sleek and like the lines and very all that. square and very square and when we moved into this home my husband at the time well he wasn't my husband at the time but i'm just going to refer to him as that because why <laughs> wouldn't i but we were like we need to feel the vibe of this house because this is not this house cannot be filled with like grays and blacks mm-hmm. like because she's fun she's quirky she's like you know the stairs are crooked and the everything is wacky in this house and I have to say, like, when we went to Little Sister, the first time when we lived in that area, because we had gone when we lived, you know, we had, like, traveled to Little Sister. Mm-hmm. But going there for the first time when we lived in the house, when I walked in, I was like, this is the vibe that I feel like our house is. It's, like, cozy. It's colorful. It's, it's 
it's special. It's like you can hire me. Oh, perfect. <laughs> well, it, it's just like every time I go in there, I'm like, I love the touches that you do. I love like the the gold finished like mirrors. Like yeah. everything is so specific and is so like goes so well together. And your aesthetic, I mean, your food is incredible, obviously. But like your aesthetic is also like mind-blowing. You got it down, yeah. girl. <laughs> well, so my mom, I had an interesting like experience growing up. My yeah. dad, you know, is the more intellectual one, you know. He was like both my parents are entrepreneurial. Yeah. So my dad had like an HR consulting business, oh, right? Cool. Very corporate. You know, he taught me how to like navigate all that stuff. My mom was just as like free-flowing creative. You know, she was a florist, mm. she was an event planner. She had this business like decorating Christmas trees. Oh and her Christmas awesome. trees were such a status symbol. <laughs> like if you had you know, your Christmas tree done with with my mother. Yeah. It was like bananas. That's so Then she cool. would go every year and she would like kind of tweak the design mm-hmm. of your tree, you mm-hmm. know, like adding new ornaments. I love that. So all that to say, like, I grew up with a lot of, you know, creative yeah. inspiration and like, you know, always good at visualizing. So when we got the space, it was actually too you know, adjoining spaces and we had to tear down the walls to combine. So like where you see the kitchen, that was one space. And then the front of house was the other space. Yeah. And, you know, we brought in um, a design and build team who had done a shop um, for, you know, some of my other friends down in Newport. And I had seen their shop and it came out really pretty and very well done. So I'm like, great, you guys are hired. Mm. And then they go in and like, you know, it's, Right away, there's a struggle. Like, the space is It's very, an awkward space. It's so awkward. Like You used it beautifully, but I can imagine planning that was probably Planning awkward. it was like a shit show and a half. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no straight angles in that place, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they couldn't quite get a grasp on the layout, like, where to put things, even just, like, what is the floor plan? Yeah. Which is and, wild. Like, that's why you hire a design build team. Well, apparently, we found the only building in the entire country <laughs> that out. you cannot do a floor plan on, right? Oh, my God. Oh my so God. that's when I was like, there, something's not quite adding up. Yeah. And, you know, I was kind of on the fence about the team. Like, the timeline wasn't moving. Mm-hmm. And they can't do a layout. So I'm like, you know what, folks? Thanks for your services. Yeah. I'll settle up with you. And I'm going to tackle this on my own. Yes. So Darcy and I, my husband, we went and we literally just took measurements of all the walls. Okay. And then I spent like a whole day, I'm not even kidding you, a whole day in my kitchen table with quad paper just laying it out. Yep. And and like I built the floor plan and then we go in the middle of the night to like check some of the measurements. Yeah. You know, like, okay, from that corner to this corner, is it 10 feet? Yes. Great. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, shit, like, here we go. We have it done. And, you know, it's doing a layout. I mean, I'm not an architect. Like, I'm just someone who's good with spatial awareness, you know. But it's just like, how big is your stove? How big is your oven? Like, you know, you need – I learned through doing the construction for Rebel – you learn a little bit about the code and how the sausage gets made. Mm. You know, so you're like, okay, doorways need to be this wide. Yep. Like, you need, you know, three feet of, like, passage room. Yeah. That kind of thing. So engineering, like, really was helpful in that regard, even though, 
you know, I'm a chemical engineer, so it's a different kind. But engineers can actually work really well with constraints. Yeah. As an engineer, I prefer constraints <laughs> because it, it limits, like, the range of answers. Yeah. Instead of, like, every answer is possible, it gives you, like, a tighter set of things to play with. Yeah. So we were able to lay it out. You know, I give it to my contractor. He submits it to the city. And then, you know, together we just kind of optimize the design. Yeah. Um, my first contractor, or my second contractor, rather, abandoned me as soon as the pandemic hit. Oh, no. He was like, I let go of my whole team. We're not working until this is over. Yeah. Oh, and I was shoot. like, what am I going to do? Yeah. By that point, we were like something like eight months into the build out. Oh, my God. You know? And like all of my eggs are in that basket. Mm -hmm. And Darcy and I were like we're just going to finish it ourselves. Gonna, well, I saw pictures of you guys like putting the tile in and I was like, holy crap, they're really doing all of it. Like yep. they, 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 this was like a project. Yep. A That's the wonderful part about the internet age and YouTube. Yeah. You can, oh, yeah. If you want to learn how to do something, you can just look it up. There's yep. an instructional video for it somewhere. <laughs> well, and we like, you know, I, I'm lucky to have cultivated some good contacts over time. So I'm like, okay, I need a carpenter. Like, you know, my electrician hooked it up. Yeah. So then this guy, Ed, came in and helped us. And he, you know, he tells us what to do. And then we're just kind of like the... Making it the work. help. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we built like that long bench mm -hmm. that's kind of by the, against the windows. We built that together. I did all of the wood finishing and staining and, um, you know, and because the build out took so long... I had so much time to just like buy crap online and put it in my basement. <laughs> and I'm like, it's all going to go together. Yeah, like, we'll make it work. We'll figure it. But that's kind of like, it's so funny because uh, through getting to speak with so many awesome and, and inspiring people, like it's funny because you meet someone, you know someone, and then you hear all these conversations, like you hear this conversation and like things start to like piece together. Like mm -hmm. you love to be like, in something chaotic and you love to figure it out because mm -hmm. of your engineering brain mm -hmm. and then the stuff with like your mom being creative like that shines through like there's all these pieces that are like oh my god it all makes sense <laughs> because on paper you're like okay this get this woman from yeah Chem she's chem she moved to the United States to go to MIT. Then she like bagels and now she has an all day cafe. What? How did that happen? I know. But it's definitely unusual. It, but, but honestly, to hear the story behind it, like it makes so much sense. Like yeah. it all comes together and like meeting you and knowing you and eating your food and being in your spaces. I'm like, okay, I see. I see. I see. I see. It all figures out now. Like I yep. get it. I get it. But it's – I feel like too with Little Sisters specifically – um. It's such a <clears> – <throat> because it's such a quirky space and and I'm using quirky as like a term of endearment, mm -hmm. a quirky like a concept, right? Like I feel like it made sense that you needed to design it. Like it had yep. to come from your brain yep. because you're putting all these pieces together. You're figuring it all out. Like and when you go in there, like the space just makes sense. It does. You know, and if, if someone else did it, knowing like – you knew the type of foods you were cooking. You knew the types of displays you were going to need. You knew. And honestly, contractors are incredible. Architects are incredible. But I think in a case like this, like it needed to come from you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the, you know, the biggest things I've learned doing business as a woman, mm -hmm. especially right not having like the expected background for a chef restaurateur. Like I have to cut through a lot of doubt and, and disbelief when I'm totally. trying to like get people on board with my plan. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so you're just like, screw you, I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> I mean, I like, I'm navigating it, yeah, you yeah, know, obviously totally, like totally. the way you do it evolves. Yeah. But, you know, I'm working on another project right now <gasps> and it's, you know, I need to, like, I'm being asked to work with an architect. That's kind of a requirement. Yeah. So I met the architect and I'm like, okay, like I've already thought about how I want to lay out the space. Yeah. I'm very open to workshopping it with you. I'm sure you have great ideas. Yeah. But like, here's what, this is a starting yeah, point. Here's this is your baseline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, oh, like their brain breaks. Like, oh, you, you know? put this much yeah. thought and Yeah, they're into like, this space. you're you're a baker and you like <laughs> you know. And I'm like, I just I'm a very visual person. Yeah. I have good spatial awareness. Yep. Like, you know, I've like an architect isn't gonna design my kitchen better than me because yeah. the architect isn't cooking what I'm cooking. Exactly. They don't know mm-hmm. my workflow. Yeah. And so it's been navigating kind of like how do I present my vision yep. in a way where I can get, you know, I can build the team and get everyone on board with it. Totally. While also cutting through people's like perceptions and biases. Yeah. You know, about- Next time that happens, be like, listen to this podcast episode. You'll understand. <laughs> It'll all make sense. Just listen. You'll hear it. Don't make me explain it. Yeah. And 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 there you go. Like it's, it's you know, you are, um, I've always been, um, since I- I, the first time I went to Rebel, I knew there was like something very special about like the concept and the style and the food. And it just felt very like, I remember my um, eggs, you have like a deviled egg salad yes. at Rebel. And um, my grandparents or uh, um, yeah, my grandparents, sorry, I, my grandfather since passed away. So it felt mm, weird saying that, sorry. but no, that's okay. It, it happened a while ago, but um, my grandparents love like deviled eggs and egg salad. And I remember like when the one of the first times I went there, I was like, oh shit, deviled egg salad. Like this is like the best of like all the things they love. I love deviled eggs. The, the, so you need Me to have too. the deviled egg salad. And I brought it and everyone like flipped over it. And, and when I would go like the next time, they're like, did you bring any more deviled egg salad? And I'm like, listen, guys. <laughs> have you ever seen that uh, the meme where it's like uh, – Hey, do you want to eat 12 hard-boiled eggs? And somebody's like, no. It's like, what if I cut them in half and added mayonnaise? And I'm like, Hell yeah. <laughs> Honestly, egg salad is like an I will unsung eat like hero. A plate of deviled eggs. Deviled eggs, egg salad, like any of that stuff, like I'm obsessed with. Eggs but are the best food. They are. They are full of protein. Mm-hmm. They're delicious. You can do so much with them. Chemically, they're very interesting too. Are, oh, geez. <laughs> Over my head. Well, like the yolks. Are different from the whites, right? You yeah. think about like the whites you're used, to, you know, you can use them to make like a meringue. You can whip them up all fluffy. Yeah. The egg yolks are like emulsifiers, yeah. stabilizing, like, oh you know, so you could use the egg like all together. You could yeah. separate it. You could cook it. You could, eggs are to me the best food there is. I love eggs, especially being a vegetarian. Like I do eat eggs and I think they're delicious and it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. Okay, I, we're taking a lot of your time. You run two businesses and clearly <laughs> there's a third one maybe on the horizon. You have a lot of projects. I'm sure you have a personal life somewhere in the mix of all of those things, but who knows? But something that I want to know desperately is what is your favorite like pastry to eat and cook? Ooh, um, I know that's a tough question, <laughs> and it can and, and it can be. I'm assuming it's something you make because all of your stuff. We had only the, the most hard hitting questions here. At the, <laughs> the mango tart, I think that's what it yeah. was. It looked like a flower of mango on the top. Yeah. I brought that home to my um, husband one day, and I brought it for both of us because he he loves mangoes and he loves like sweets. I brought it home for the both of us to eat, and um, I went to do some like work, whatever, and I went over to eat some, and it was gone. 
I was like, what the hell, dude? Like, this was for both of us. Like, That's I not wanted cool. That. He's like, then bring cool. home two. I know, but it was so good. And I'm not like a huge sweets person, but there's something about like the sweets that you make that are not like overpoweringly sweet. Yeah. That it's just uh, like, literally let me talk for like five minutes and all I'll do is compliment you. So anyway, back to the question. Yeah, I think like... I like making the croissant, like the, mm. all the laminated doughs. It took me so long to learn it. Like, really? You know, I don't have like a – I didn't go to pastry school. I'm yep. self-taught. Yep. Um, Which is crazy. Like when you see the products that you make. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, like Nick said, in the time of YouTube and you can do a lot of research and obviously you love to learn. Mm-hmm. But like still, it's nuts. Crazy yeah. to see that. It's very fun to learn on your own and yeah. you just learn it differently, you know. But I it it took me a long time to, you know, you you're learning how to use the machine mm. and then you're also learning the technique and the science of the thing you're making. Yeah. But I don't know if you've seen a sheeter. It's like a long table with like these rolls in the middle, mm-hmm. and then you're just moving the dough from one side to the other, and that's oh. how it gets flat and skinny. Yeah. Okay. Um you know, and you progressively tighten it like a pasta machine yep. and it gets skinnier and skinnier. So it's kind of learning how to use the machine, learning how to work with the dough. That took me like six months. Wow. And I was like, and then our temp- our kitchen's not temperature regulated. Somewhere like seven stars. They yeah. have a giant room. Yeah. Climate controlled. Yeah. You know, because their stuff's just got to come out the same way every day. Mm. Yes. No matter what's going on outside. Yeah. Not in our kitchen. Like <laughs> our kitchen's very small. It's yeah. not temperature regulated. Yeah. So that's a challenge all in itself. But I was like, I'm gonna push myself to learn in spite of all the challenges, you know. So for that reason, anything with the laminated dough is my favorite. Okay. Um, panayota is is kind of my second in command mm. um, on the pastry side, and she and I have been working on doing the laminated dough for different purposes. So now we've started playing more with like Danish type things, being like, let's shape it in a fun way and put like pastry cream and rhubarb or, you know, come up with different things so that we're not just showcasing like regular croissants, right? Like we want to be respectful of our neighbors up the block. Yeah, They make croissants. They do a very good job with it. We need to do something different with the same kind of, you know, foundation. Mm-hmm. So we've started doing the the Danishes. We do the chorizo manchego cheese croissant, which I oh love. God, so good. It's cool. It's like a ham and cheese, you know, mm-hmm. but different. Yeah. I um, and that. I think it like really speaks to our approach, right? Like yeah. familiar, but exotic. But innovative. Different. Exactly. Like some, uh, you make this empanada that has like eggs and onion, caramelized mm-hmm. onions. That's like my favorite thing I've ever eaten. And then there's one, I think there's one, it's like potato. Potato and poblano. Yes, I love. Oh those. my god! It's Nick. I go there too often. It all sounds fantastic. Like yeah. literally, I just like, love at, food. At least once a week, I'm at Little Sister. It's ridiculous. There's it's, uh, going back to what we were talking about before. The things that like you don't like. I, there's nothing I won't eat. Really? Short of like uh, durian fruit. I don't know if I've ever tried that. I've only tried it once, and it was a dried one. It's kind of the stereotypical like, and I brought it up before. It just it smells really bad, and it. <laughs> I not just your can't. And it's just the one thing I can think of that, like, if you put it in front of me again, I'd say no. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mushrooms aren't my favorite, but depending on what they're in, sometimes I do like them. Sometimes yeah, I yeah, don't. Yeah. Like, it, it just depends. But same thing. Like, all of this food sounds 
Oh my God, it's incredible. You would awesome. die. And it's the cutest place to go and have like, and you started really, okay, so to wrap things up, little sister, well, Ravel is your spot for bagels. Um, you guys are open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at Yeah, Rebel? at the moment, yes. Okay. And then Little Sister is your all-day cafe right on Hope Street. Mm-hmm. And you've recently, well, maybe not recently, but maybe to the listener recently, started doing nat- night, yes. like night tapas, mm-hmm. which have been so good. Oh, my God. I really enjoy switching oh, it up at night. it's so nice. The wine and like you have the sangrias and like it's so, oh, my God. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> that was the original vision. It's just taken us two years to get there. Hey, you got there, though. Listen, you made it through all of the obstacles. Well, the last two years have been the most normal two true, years true, true, world, true, so. true, true, true. Yeah, for you, sure. You had to go through a lot to, to you know, a freaking pandemic you on know? top of everything else. The awkward space, the coming up, the new concept, going yeah. to Europe, like all these things. Um, anyway, so you're doing tapas. Is that Fridays and Saturdays? Friday and Saturday evenings at the moment, yeah. Okay, and you have a beautiful garden at Little Sister yep. that people might not know about because it's in the back. It's like mm-hmm. hidden secret. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so people go there now, right now. Yeah, we're doing, doing the <laughs> private garden um, for events now. I love that. Instead, Because it was just getting too much to like run all around the building yeah, with yeah. food. Yep. So we decided this year – to reserve the the garden space for private events. Okay. So if anybody wants to book a small private event for mm-hmm. up to 17 people, let us know. The back garden is so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people want to follow along on your journey of you, Melena, little sister of Rebel, where the, are the best places to keep up with you? Um, we're active on on Instagram as the businesses. Me personally, I don't have much of a presence. Because <laughs> you're too busy <laughs> running two businesses, yeah. maybe making another one, doing all this other stuff, oh, right. being a part of your community. Anyway. Yeah, so, so uh, Rebel is at Rebel Artisan Bagels on Instagram. Little sister is at Little Sister PVD. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we have our websites, um, same, same, uh, name, I guess, of yeah. Instagram. Um, come see us in person too. Yeah. We're super friendly. Michelle runs the shop at Rebel. The team there is fantastic. Amazing. Um, and then I work full time at Little Sister. Yes, you're, I love it when you like peek your little head out and I'm like, oh my God, she's so cute. Like yeah. in the back, like cooking like your little beautiful dishes. It's so wonderful. I it's love lovely. being there. Like yeah. as much as you say you love it, like imagine how privileged I feel <laughs> to, <laughs> to be able there. to I yeah. go there after hours yeah. to like just hang out. Yeah, like let me just grab a glass of wine and <laughs> yeah. water the plants I and love turn that. on some music. I love that. There's also something really nice about being in like being in a restaurant after hours when yes. nobody else can be there. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we used to play poker like old place I worked we would stay after and like play poker like yep. at one of the tables we could have gone to anybody's house and played but there's just something kind of cool about hanging it's out cool. there and it's like a different vibe and all the lights are off there's a yep. couple like small ones on or something and like, the most important part is like you get to put your energy back into the space heck yes yeah. you know I don't know if yep. you guys are into that whole like energy I am yep big time I'm into that too you know so like the plants add energy I go and I water the plants and I give the plants my energy and yep. like you know, just kind of always like putting the love back into the space. And people feel it. What's really important too, and we've talked about this before because Nick and I have both like worked and kind of brought up in the restaurant business. Sometimes like when it's an on shift, like it's hectic. There's a lot mm-hmm. going on. Like there's things are, you know, sold out and there's too many of this and bop, bop, bop. Like there's so much stuff going on. So it is really nice that like you can be there when it's not 
there's mm-hmm. no hecticness and you can like have your peace there like you said and put mm-hmm. your energy back in there like the the not say like just if you've ever worked in a restaurant you understand what I'm talking about like yep. there's just like those few hours that it's just like pure chaos yep. because like mm-hmm. you're just you want everyone to get what they want maybe you can't find this like one specific ingredient maybe something broke like there's just always something that yep. happens so it's really nice that you get to go in there and just be like like yeah. my space like let me put that's my why it feels here. homey when people yeah. come in you totally know? feels yeah. homey. like that's that's what you're picking up on like yep. we really do treat it like it's our second home you, you can know tell I mean? you can very much tell and if you if you've never been i highly recommend going it makes a really beautiful either uh romantic partner or best friend date night mm-hmm. um i've done both and it's so much fun the brunch is great the at- nighttime is great I'm and hope street's fun hope so street's you know so make fun. it make it either your first stop or your last stop yeah. or i'm gonna both. make it pop in on hope street this summer Heck like yes. i have a whole oh, yeah. idea in my head i love i nice. i was just saying to brian because we go we try to like go for walks every day around like the hope street area and mm-hmm. just all over and we're like we since living on the east side it hasn't been like a and obviously, I still know that COVID is still a thing. Mm-hmm. But like last summer, like it was still, you know, very much you had to be restricted and it was reserved. Mm-hmm. Where, are we going out? Are we not? Like that sort of feel. It feels like this summer is going to be like the first like summer that like people feel comfortable being out. You hot know, girl summer. Hot girl. Literally hot girl <laughs> summer. Sorry, Nick. Oh, hot boy summer. We can have hot, hot boy, person hot summer. Hot person go. summer um, <laughs> on Hope Street. And I am so excited about that. And I'm very excited to to go to little sister go yeah. to stop mimosas go to, on the sidewalk heck yes i yes. love that well you have a guava mimosa i think that mm-hmm. is delicious okay anyway <laughs> so thank you so much for being here this is great um i can't wait to go to little sister <laughs> go home and go to little sister. yeah i'm sure i'm gonna see you in a few days <laughs> you're literally gonna see me um but yeah so this is great and thank you for your time thank you so much for having me oh, everybody cool. come and check out my shops Yay! yeah absolutely and uh thanks everybody for listening thanks guys thanks.